Many are getting weak. Many are failing and many have fallen in their faith. Learn how to become an overcomer in this end time through the anointed teachings of Pastor Ebenezer Okonifa. Pastor Ebenezer Okonifa is an emerging voice and a leader in this end time movement of faith. His message centers on faith, the Holy Spirit, and the realities of the new creation in Christ. He is the senior pastor of Overcomers Nation Church and president of Ebenezer Kronipa Ministries in Accra, Ghana. Become inspired, empowered, and enlightened as you listen to the life-transforming message of God's word through his special servant. And now, today's message. Oh, glory to God. Glory to God. The Bible says that desire as a little children the sincere milk of the word of God that you may grow thereby. That means that without the word of God, there's no growth. There's no spiritual growth. That means that there's no advancement. That also means that there's no increase to us. So whenever we get opportunity to be in the presence of God, we need to be filled with desire. He said desire, 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 the sincere milk of the word of God. There's something about desire that attracts God to an individual. And even if God will not reveal himself to anybody in a place, the one who desires God will show up in that person's life. Tonight, may the Lord stir up your desire. I said, may the Lord stir up your desire. Now, one of the things you also need to do is that you need to learn to listen with rapt attention, looking for understanding. The Bible says that get wisdom and in all that getting, get understanding. So, you need to desire for understanding. If you don't have understanding of uh, the times and of the seasons and of the ways of God, you realize that you end up becoming handicapped in life. You may have everything available, but you cannot have everything accessible. Are, are you understanding me? Availability does not necessarily mean accessibility. Glory to Jesus Christ. Uh, for instance, we most of us, uh, when we are sitting in a cab or we are being, being driven somewhere or we are even driving somewhere, you see somebody who is selling face towels and handkerchiefs and the person is sweating in the sun. Hallelujah. It's available, but it's not accessible. Glory to Jesus Christ. So availability does no mean accessibility and when you lack access you can struggle even in the midst of plenty amen and amen uh, one uh, one of the most weirdest diseases uh, is the disease called diabetes mellitus or diabetes mellitus uh, type 2 diabetes mellitus and uh, the amazing thing about it is that your, your body may be starving in the presence of food Anytime you take, because of the nature of the condition, the body is not able to utilize or the blood, the, 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 the body, the various cells and the tissues of the body are not able to utilize glucose that is in the blood. Now for the body to be able to uh, survive and to go about its functions, it needs energy. And that energy comes by the metabolism or metabolizing glucose. Glucose, we receive glucose, basically we can call it sugar, from our food that we eat. And when it is broken down from the carbohydrate sources, from the fat sources, it is broken down into molecules of glucose, which is in the bloodstream. Now, because the blood flows everywhere, every part of the body receives its share of the glucose. Now, for it to be able to have access to this glucose, it needs to be acted upon by an, uh, a hormone called insulin. When insulin acts upon the tissues or upon the cells, they are able to absorb glucose from the blood and then they use it to, they, they, they use, uh, there's a part of the cell known as the mitochondria or mitochondria that break down the glucose, amen and amen to produce uh, energy molecules for ATP, uh, ATP, adenosine triphosphate, amen and amen. And that is how energy comes for us to do anything. So even for you to lift up your eyelid, it is ATP that is working. Glucose is being broken down. But in diabetes, you can have tons and tons of sugar in your blood, and yet your, your, your cells are hungry. Your cells are hungry. This is another case of availability, but lack of accessibility. 
lack of accessibility. Why? Because insulin, insulin is the entrance, the revelation that will give the cells and the tissues access to what is available. So you can be a Christian, you can have everything available according to the promises of God. But when you lack insights, you lack access, you lose everything. So understanding is important. Tonight you can live here being empowered to take hold of what what belongs to you. Or you can live here the same, nothing better than when you came. Anytime you come to the house of God, it's an opportunity for healing. But some will come to the house of God and still go with their sickness. It's an opportunity for deliverance. But some will come and the same demons that were tormenting them before they came will still be operating in their lives. It's an opportunity for prosperity. But some are not able to access the revelation that will bring their testimony. Why? Sometimes we are not paying attention. We are not paying close attention to the word of God. We are not paying close attention to, to, to hear what God has to say. Why? So that we may act upon it. So some may come to church for religious reasons. But tonight, let your attendance here be different. Amen and amen. Desire for insight. Let up your right hand. Say, Holy Ghost, give me understanding. Say, Holy Ghost, I receive understanding tonight. In the name of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Tonight I want to share with you on the subject. Growing in grace to possess your possessions. Growing in grace to possess your possessions. Is actually part of the, 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 the series I'm doing on the promises of God. But on the main theme of the promise of God. Which I started on Sunday. I'll continue on Sunday. I'm aiming to do that on the Sundays. But on the Tuesdays. I'll be going into other areas of the subject. So that by the end of the month. We'll have a holistic understanding of the subject. Praise God forevermore. When we talk about uh, uh, our, our Christian work, our Christian work is divided into about four phases. If we are talking about, uh, we are looking at it in the light of possessing our possessions or possessing our inheritance in, in Christ. In Obadiah chapter 1 verse 17, it's written over there succinctly. It's written in a mystery you need to understand before you'll be able to know what God is speaking to us over there. Obadiah 1.17, which is one of our theme scriptures for this month of September. He said, but on Mount Zion shall be what deliverance and there shall be holiness. And the house of Jacob shall possess their possessions. So look at that. The house of Jacob has certain possessions, but the construction of the sentence tells us that it is possible they may not possess it. So, another case of availability by lack of accessibility. So, when the Bible talks about us coming upon Mount Zion, it is a type of our salvation. That is salvation. That is a, a representation of salvation. The Bible says we have come unto Mount Zion. The day you became born again, you came to Mount Zion. You entered into the city of God. That is salvation. But in that place, he mentions, so that's the first stage, salvation, the of a Christian work, you cannot be a Christian, you cannot work as a Christian except you are saved or you are born again. So the first stage is salvation. The second stage, which sometimes happens at the same time as salvation, is deliverance. When you were a, 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 a not born again, you were, you were not a child of God, the Bible says that we were operating in the kingdom of darkness where Satan and his cohorts are kings and lords. So, every human being on the face of the earth who is not a child of God is actually under the influence of demonic spirits. All the problems that are affecting humanity, causing sicknesses, causing shame, causing all sorts of calamities, are the operations of satanic forces and demonic entities, evil players that are controlling people and controlling situations at various scales. So, when you become born again, it is, there's a tendency that you should be under their influence. So the Bible says that deliverance is made available. So upon Mount Zion, we go to, from salvation, we go to the next stage, deliverance. Deliverance. This is why every Christian must understand their authority in Christ and know how to utilize the name of Jesus to be able to walk in the victory that Christ has made available for them. So if you don't undergo that kind of deliverance, you do not walk in your liberty. You do not walk in your liberty as a child of God. Yes, you have been saved, but still it's as though there's a bondage on your life. That's why you have a Christian and you realize that, ah, the Christian is born again, but ancestral 
natural demons uh, which affect marriages, which affect uh, health, uh, which affect finances, will still be operating and working in a person's life. That person must undergo deliverance. Uh, if, uh, that means that the person must know or learn how to walk in his or her liberty or liberate himself or liberate herself. That's why sometimes when we have ministry and the Spirit of God begins to move, He begins to work on people's situations and breaks demonic strongholds. The other day I was ministering to one young lady and then uh, uh, all of a sudden, as the power of God came upon her, she began to say, I, she was saying, I beg, I beg, you come, I, 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 oh, stop, stop what you are doing. I beg, I beg, stop what you are doing. I, I, I'll give you money. I'll give you money. <laughs> and I said, how much will you give me? <laughs> Glory to Jesus Christ. And then after the thing left her and the demon was cast out, I asked her, do you remember what she told me? You told me. She said, oh, when we were sitting there, I remember. So I said, from that time to when you are standing in front of me in, before the altar, you don't remember anything. She didn't remember anything. Whether she fell down, she, whether she was, she didn't remember anything. But she has been a Christian for many years. A Christian for many years. So deliverance. Deliverance, deliverance, the forces of darkness not being able to prevail over. That is why we pray. That's why we do night fire. That's why we engage. Other than that, if salvation was just the end, then there's no need for prayer. There's no need for prayer because it is settled. Satan has no authority again or he's not able to work in our lives again. There's no need for prayer. There's even no need for coming to church. There's no need for whatever all the things that we are doing. But then the Bible shows us that there's a place for deliverance. Hallelujah. There's a place for deliverance. Glory to Jesus Christ. Amen and amen. Let's appreciate the media team. They put something very nice over there. Glory to Jesus Christ. So there's a place for deliverance. That's why we do miracle services. Somebody will say that, why are we always having programs? Why are we always having services? We had a, why are we praying? Why are we doing all of these things? It's because evangelism is not the only thing that a, a, an unbeliever needs. Evangelism will bring the person into salvation. But the person may come with all their baggages. It is through praying times like miracle services, supernatural encounters, prophetic eagles convocations, uh, uh, all those powerful encounters where the Spirit of God gets an opportunity to minister to his people. That is when we go through those kinds of deliverances and liberate the children of God into their possessions. And so that is the second stage. Now, the third stage is sanctification. There shall be holiness. Holiness. Most of the time, the problem which stops us from moving from salvation, which brings us all the legal blessings, all the legal things that are available to us, and the possession of our possessions is these two stages. The deliverance stage and then the holiness stage. Sometimes that is where we get stuck. That is where we get stuck. So you see a child of God who is not working on himself or not working on and allowing himself or herself to continue in the lifestyle that is against the word of God, that is against the righteousness of God. You will not possess your possessions. That doesn't mean God has left you. No. That doesn't mean that God doesn't love you. No. But then, what? There are certain things that God cannot make available to you. He said, who will give that which is precious to swine? Are you understanding me? So he said that, I know my servant Abraham. Uh, that he, he, he told Abraham, he said, I am thy God and thy exceeding great reward. He said, walk before me and be thou perfect. The man had received faith for salvation. But now look at what he tells him. that Walk before me and be thou perfect. So walking in holiness. Choosing to do the right thing when the wrong thing is available is part of your journey to the inheritance of your possessions. So, walking in holiness. Yes, you may make mistakes sometimes, but you don't stay in the mistakes. Neither do you justify the mistakes and say that, oh, it is normal. It is not normal. It is a sidetracking to you possessing your possessions. Glory to Jesus Christ. And then from there, he said that the house of Jacob shall possess their possession. So then we enter into our prosperity. Possessing everything that our God has made available to you. Every Christian, this, uh, so that's what all I've just shared with you is point number one. Point number two. Every Christian is entitled to a divine inheritance in Christ. 
it's even in points number one already. You see, I showed you that there's a, there are stages of our Christianity. Now, when we talk about our stages, it doesn't mean that it needs to take you 10 years to get there. No. Sometimes even one month or one day, you can go through, or even sometimes one second, God can see to the fulfillment of all of these things. But every Christian is entitled to certain, something called inheritance in Christ. Inheritance in Christ. Every one of us, if you are a child of God, you are entitled to that. Acts chapter number 20, the verse number 32. Listen to what Paul the Apostle tells the church when he was about to depart. He said, and now I commend you, brethren, to God and to the word of his grace, which is able to build you up and to give you an inheritance among all them that are sanctified. Anybody who is very sharp will know that this is where the title of our message came from. <laughs> Growing in grace so that we may possess our possessions. He said, I commend you to God and to the word of his grace, which is able to build you up and to give you what? Let's read it together. To give you what? Among who? Did you see the sanctified? Sanctified before inheritance. So you see that the, the principle is also in the New Testament. But he says that there is an inheritance for those who are sanctified. Now, when you come into Christ, by reason of your position in Christ, you are already sanctified. So, sanctification is both a position and a process. When you come into Christ, you are sanctified. But in your walk in Christ, you are also being sanctified so that your real life will become closer to your ideal life. Your ideal life actually is your real life. I don't know whether you understand me. So, when you come into Christ, you are given a certain portrait. The image of God is placed on you. So, when heaven looks at you, they see Christ. But in your normal work, you may still be Joseph with all your weaknesses, with all your shortcomings. And so, as you walk with the Lord, what does he do? He works on you by his word. He begins to work on you by his word. When he's working on you, what is he doing? He's trying to get you to mirror the image of Christ that has been conferred on you by grace. Every one of us have been given a perfect image by grace. That's why he said that in him we are perfect. In Christ we are perfect. Listen to me. Don't let anybody tell you that you are nothing or you are nobody. No, in Christ you are perfect. Nothing missing, nothing lacking, nothing broken. You are the excellence of beauty. All of divinity is tabernacled in you. But in vitality... It is a work in progress. It is a work in progress. So in 2 Corinthians chapter number 3, the verse number 18, let me show you something. I'm going ahead of myself. I'll come back and I'll show you certain things. 2 Corinthians 3, the verse number 18. The Bible gives us a very beautiful picture over there. It says that we all with an open face beholding us in the mirror. That word glass means mirror. We are beholding us in the mirror. When you look in the mirror, what do you see? Talk to me, please. What do you see? You see what? An image, a reflection. But look at what he says you see in the glass. You see us in the glass, what? The glory of the Lord. That means that he's equating your image or your reflection to the glory of God. You know what that means? When God looks at you, he sees his glory. You are the glory of God. You are the glory of God. But if you look in your life, do you look glorious? I hope you're understanding me. So he says that as we look at the glory of God, meaning we focus on that picture that the word is showing you concerning yourself. The word is going to show you a picture of where you being uh, uh, in bondage or somebody who is a victim or somebody who is being tormented and destroyed by the devil or somebody who is always sick and always in lack. No, the picture that you see in the word of God will always be a picture of supply, a picture of health, a picture of glory, a picture of prosperity, a picture of advancement, a picture of ever increasing grace. But it says, as we look, what, what happens? Can we read it together? What happens? As we look as in the glass, the glory of the Lord, what happens? We are what? We are what? Change. So you see, every Christian must go through the changing process, sanctification. We are changed. We are changed. Tonight, let your changing process speed up. Because if the changing takes 40 years, it will take 40 years to enter the promised land. And if it takes 40 days, it will take 40 days to enter the promised land. The choice is yours. The choice is yours. 
Do you know what that means? That's very exciting. It means that you can speed up your Christian journey. Or you can slow it down. It depends on you. That's the beauty of our Christianity. A lot of things depend on us. Depends on us. Friends, look at this word session. We are here to hear the word of God. And somebody will choose not to be here. What has the person done? The person is slowing down their journey. Because you will not catch insight to the word of God. You will not know what I am saying. And it is almost 100% likely that a person would not know what I am saying. And may not even encounter what I am saying at where the person is right now. So when it's time for teaching service, you need to rush. You need to rush because you are about to hear something that will speed up your journey. When it's time for word sessions, word encounters, you need to be somebody with desire. Listen to me. I can lay hands on you and you'll be delivered. But you see, you may not be able to maintain that deliverance when I'm not around. When I'm not around. That's why some people who have come into an atmosphere and they have been healed and they go and after a few weeks, after a few years, and their sickness comes again. Because they did not know what to do to maintain their healing, maintain their salvation, maintain their liberty. Jesus said when a demon is cast out of a person, it goes roaming about in the desert. And after I had wandered for many days, not finding a suitable place to rest itself, it comes back and looks for the same body, the same house from which it was cast out. The devil will always try to come again. Even Jesus, the Bible says Satan left him for what? A season. So even Jesus, Satan came back again. What about you? So what do you do? You learn how to maintain yourself under that canopy of grace and of glory and of, of light. How do you do it? The word of God. The word of God. So that's why he tells us in the book of First Peter chapter 2, the verse number 1, the verse number 2, verse number 2 primarily. He says that, so desire, desire the sincere milk of the word. You need an appetite for the word of God. Desire the sincere milk as newborn babes. As newborn, have you seen a, you see, and every normal baby will naturally desire for milk because they will go hungry. They will desire to eat. So, you, if you realize that you don't have a desire, start praying about it. You want your Christian journey to go faster. You need more of the word. But here it is. You don't even have a desire to open the Bible. You don't have a desire to open the Bible. You don't have a desire to hear from God. You don't have a desire for the word of God. It is a defect to start praying about it. Now, Lord, heal my spiritual taste buds. Give me a hunger, an appetite for the word. He said, desire the sincere milk of the word. And he said, as you get that word, he says that you may grow thereby. You may grow thereby. If you don't grow, you will not possess your possessions. You will not possess your inheritance in Christ. And so all the testimonies of the supplies of God in the Bible will just be stories that you are hearing, but you will never experience it. Come, taste and see that the Lord is good. You may end up never tasting it. Why? You are not growing. You are not making progress. And when you are not making progress, you are not going to be strong enough to possess that which belongs to you. So you need a desire for the word of God. You need a desire for the word of God. You need a desire for the word of God more than you have a desire for miracles. More than you have a desire for prophecy. More than you have a desire for any other thing. You need a desire for the word. Lift up your right hand. Say, Father, give me a hunger for your word. Give me a desire for your word. In the name of Jesus Christ. Let's go back to Acts chapter 20 verse 32. I'm still on point number two. Every Christian is entitled to a divine inheritance. And Acts 22 tells us that there is an inheritance for all who are sanctified. Now, sometimes this inheritance is called the promises of God. All the promises of God in him are yea and amen. So, there are certain things known as the promises of God. 1 Corinthians chapter number 1, verse number 20. Or is it 2 Corinthians rather, chapter 1, verse 20. In other places, they call it the inheritance of the children of God. Like we have just read over here. In other places, they also call it the possessions. The house of Jacob shall possess their possessions. So, all of those are just synonyms. They, are, they mean the same thing. They mean the same thing. They mean the inheritance, the promises. All of them amount to one thing. 
thing. I will give you a land which is flowing with milk and honey. That is a, a that was the inheritance. It was so a pro, it was also a promise, and it was also a possession. That's why Caleb could tell jo- Joshua when Joshua was the head of the Israelites, and he said, Ah, in the days of our leader, Prophet Moses, uh, he said that this mountain will belong to me and my children. Uh, look, I am 85 years old, and I'm strong as I was 40 years ago when the promise was given. Uh, give me the opportunity. I am going to possess my possessions. Why? The mountain was given to him by promise. And so by that promise, it became an inheritance. Everywhere you see a promise of God available in the scriptures, it is an inheritance for you as a child of God. Now, let me, let me put it in a, 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 a contemporary uh, illustration. If your father writes, has several properties and writes out a will, you know the will is a promise. But that promise is also uh, quantifies towards what? An inheritance. Are you understanding me? So that promise that when I die, I'll give you Achimota Forest. I'll give you a nice portion in the Achimota Forest. It's in a will. It's a promise. But it's also an inheritance. So every promise you see in the scriptures is actually an inheritance for you. If the promise is that I will forgive you, it's actually, that means that forgiveness is part of your inheritance. I will heal you. Healing is part of your inheritance. I will prosper you. Prosperity is part of your inheritance. I will give you my life. Life, eternal life, is also a part of inheritance. I will give you my divine nature. That means that the divine nature of God is part of inheritance. I will give you me. Oh, I wish one day I I, I trust God I will get there. Because we will realize that the biggest inheritance of the child of God is not the things of God, but God himself. Look what he told Moses, uh, Abraham. He said, I am thy shield and I am thy exceeding great reward. So God says, I am. <laughs> oh my God. God says that he's a reward. He's a reward. And I also we are heirs of God. You know that? <laughs> In that God is our inheritance. <laughs> oh my God, my God! You know, sometimes I don't. I, I try to. I, I want to go into these things. That see, many of you are not growing fast enough. So I'm, I, I find it difficult to talk about this because you know you, you, don't, you don't seem to even understand me because you're not doing your quiet time. You're not doing your quiet time. So when you meet me, it's as though you have met ancient of days. You see, but you should have been aging in your room. So by the time we come, we are closer. Are you understanding me? Yeah, if you're having your quiet time, you're reading your Bible. Don't worry whether you understand it. Oh, I'm a time and yes, don't worry. By the time you come and meet me, you have a certain substance. So when I start talking, you realize that, ah, that's that what I read. That's why uh-uh, understanding starts coming. Understanding starts coming. But you're not having your quiet time. If you don't even want to listen to the podcast. So some of the common verses are still not fresh to you. Most of my the Bible verses that I know that have stayed, I heard them somebody saying it. I heard somebody quoting it. When I heard it and it was nice to me, it stuck. But if you are not hearing, faith coming by hearing, and you are not hearing, how do you expect to have? How do you expect to possess? So you need to go back. Listen, Christianity is a communal journey, but it's actually an individual journey. We are the church, but we are called differently. We are the church together, but we are called differently. So every part must be developing. If it is not developing, you become a defective member of the body. You become a defective member of the body. Because everybody is testifying about, I'm working in health, I'm working in health. Every time they ask for me, how do you I don't want somebody people to be like God. I'll stay away from the tree today. My wrist. Amen and amen. Hallelujah. No, but there's something is it oh, that is it junk or junk or my <laughs> every time me see every time me nine every time every time you have a problem. So the time that we should be celebrating and doing great things, we are always spending time to heal you. 
to work on you to solve a certain problem because you have not allowed yourself, you have not gone through the process so that you are, you are strong enough to resist all of these things. They are right unto you. Young men, because you have overcome the evil one. But you are still a little babe, a little child, and you are not able to overcome. And so every time we are always having to support you, Every time you are always having to lift you from this sin, lift you from this problem. Every time you are condemned, every time I'm discouraged, oh God, I'm discouraged, I'm discouraged. You have forgotten your salvation. You have forgotten the blood that washed you. Oh, I'm a sinner, I'm a sinner. But you have been saved for 20 years. And you are still saying, I'm a sinner, I'm a sinner. See, you are not growing. When I was in uh, St. Augustine, we call it Kesu. <laughs> I don't want to give you the full name. Uh, you are in the house of God. <laughs> uh, when you say we, you say, Master, Kesu. <laughs> cry your own cry. The came is a certain word. So, no, I mean, you you see, but when you are not growing, every time the devil is condemning you, there's now therefore no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. But you don't know that. You don't even know that scripture. You don't know where it is. So how can you claim it? So every time you'll be feeling guilty. And I told you, if we understand the promises of God, the problem of sin will be solved. Because the condemnation will not be there. The condemnation will not be there. You'll be more conscious. The conscience of sin will be taken away. So the blood of Jesus will purge our conscience of dead works. So now, you'll not be conscious of sin. What will you be conscious of? Righteousness. You'll be conscious of righteousness. So you are not sin conscious, but righteousness conscious. And righteousness consciousness is the bedrock of strong faith. Doubt, unbelief, weak faith is a result of sin consciousness. So when you are coming to the presence of God and you are praying, Oh God, oh, wash away all my sins. You know I am an, uh, I'm a weak. Uh, if the Bible says uh, you are acquainted with all our infirmities, uh, so if you, by the time you even start praying, you have been confessing your sins, and you are so, and even when you are praying, you are not even bold enough to be sure that God will hear you. You are sin conscious. You are more conscious of your weakness, your infirmity. <laughs> but when you understand that, if any man be in Christ, hey, he is a new creation. Father, I have come today as your son. Oh, possessor of all things. For I know all things are mine. Now, if you start your prayer like this, you will not need, you know, even need 30 minutes to come under and and you have to now before now they start you see down the Holy Ghost wash their mind down now, now I feel like an anointing hey. <laughs> oh my God but when you walk in righteousness consciousness oh glory I've come to fellowship with my father hey and he's giving me everything that I need I am the king's kid oh my God in two minutes you are in the spirit and start prophesying start prophesying so when we come together to pray, we are not praying the same way. Some are now, sometimes they even start because they want to, they want to, they want to drown out the thoughts of their weakness and sinfulness. And then they start feeling something. So God is here. God is here. <laughs> Well, God was here before he started feeling the thing. <laughs> oh, so I shall glory. Say, I know who I am. Say, I'm a child of God. Say, I'm the king's kid. Say, his life is at work in me. Say, I'm the righteousness of God. Say, sin is not dominating here. Sin consciousness. If you're a child of God, you're going to become bold and grow in your faith. You need to work on righteousness, consciousness. Well, you are conscious of righteousness. Oh, oh yes, and I watch something in you that, oh God. Then your mind is beating you. And I say, I want to watch that. Oh God, will God listen to me? 
Jesus must come and die for you all over again. And then, uh, and then, uh, watch those who know themselves. They know why they are knowing themselves. Because a katan is all who they are. Give God a shout of praise. But when you know I'm the sanctified of God, hey, Allah, you don't know yourself in any moja. Even Jesus Christ, did you see him himself in a moja? I know I have just destroyed a lot of theologies and a lot of prayer points. Certain prayer points are. Hey. Come on, begin to immerse yourself in the blood. Immerse yourself in the blood. Then I go for my, my swimming suit. I say we should mess it. I want to. <laughs> Glory to Jesus Christ. Have you heard us praying that kind of prayer in this place before? That immerse yourself in the blood. No. The blood is available to us. When we're sleeping, we're still being sprinkled. But we have come onto the blood of the sprinkling. Halabashataya. It's all around. It's constantly working. We don't need to ask him. It is part of Zion. In Zion, there's sprinkling of blood. Our high priest is sprinkling. So what sin? You see, when you understand this, you will be shocked by something I'm about to tell you. You know that the moment you sin, At the same moment, it is washed. Why why do I feel this? Your conscience. Your conscience. Your conscience. Because he says that we dwell in the... He said, oh, come on. Let me show it to you. Maybe somebody is saying that this man has come with his things again. Just after now, I was beginning to believe in him. Now he has started spoiling the thing again. Hebrews chapter number 12. <laughs> Hebrews chapter 12. You see, you are not having your quiet time. That's why you are fighting me in your mind now. Because if you have had your quiet time, you would have read that scripture already. Say, uh-huh, I saw it. I did not understand it. Now you have made me understand it more. But you don't even know what is Hebrews 12. Hebrews 12, God, then oh, Moses and I, Jacob. <laughs> Let's read from the verse number 19 or from verse 20. Yeah, Hebrews 12 20. Thank you, Holy Spirit of God. Let's go to 21. Uh So terrible on the side that Moses said, I see me fear and quake because he was comparing the the mount uh, where the Lord's presence came. He was making reference to that. Now look at what it says from the verse 22. But we, you, have come unto Mount Zion and unto the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, to an innumerable company of angels. Look on. Let's continue. Uh So that is where we have come. He didn't say we are coming. So he said, we are come marching to Zion. Beautiful, beautiful. You and who are marching? We are there already. I'm waiting for you. You and who? Kesu again. We. Say, I am marching because I am, you are, you are, you are, you are not with me. You and who? Continue. Is <laughs> that we have come. We are not coming. We are there. Say, I'm there. Say, I'm there now. Oh, the Bible is wrong. We have come to Mount Zion, to the city of the living God, to an innumerable company of angels, to the general assembly and the church of the firstborn. I need to take time on the pieces and then I'll dissect and break them one by one for you to understand. So the general assembly and the church of the firstborn, which are written, meaning registered in heaven. You see, the way they are crying, Ganaka, Ganaka, me, I have a heaven card. I have been registered somewhere. Hey! I have a registration number. Oh, my God. My, all my elevies are going somewhere already. <laughs> Which are written. That word written means registered in heaven. And to God, the judge of all. And the spirits of just men made perfect. Oh, God. This is too much. The spirit of just men, they were justified, but in Christ they were perfected. And these just men he was talking about, they are not Christians. 
the just man is talking about Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, David. People who came before Jesus Christ came. Their salvation is not like the salvation of those who came after Jesus through and came into Zion by receiving Jesus as the Lord of our lives. No. So these ones, when they died, they went to hell. But there, is a, there was a part of hell where the, the righteous souls who died were kept and the wicked also were in a different part of hell, but they were all in hell. Hell generically means the realm of the dead, the place where dead people go. They could not go to heaven because Jesus had not come. Jesus is the way. You only get to heaven through going the way. He said, I am the door. Unless you pass through that door, you cannot get to heaven. He said that, I am the way to the Father. No one coming to the Father except by me. Whether you were born before me or after me, <laughs> I am the rich limiting step. I think I'm losing some people right now. <laughs> anyway, let me show you that what I said. Okay. And the, the experience of judgment, I think maybe we should have private sessions. Eh? Um, people want to hear more, deeper things so that we can, we can talk more. Do, what do you think? Uh, I think we should do something like that. Somebody, even as I'm talking right now, is looking at the time. What time will you join do the communion and the people say, <laughs> So I need to get a private session for those who want to know. Let's continue. And to the spirits of judgment made perfect, let's continue. And to Jesus, the mediator of the new covenant, and to what? Read it together. So you see, the blood of the sprinkling is in Zion. And it's good that he's telling us it's been sprinkled. The blood of the spring is not something that will happen. It's actually happening as we are here now. But why do we feel condemned? Our conscience. That's why you need to renew your conscience with the word of God. With what I'm teaching you right now. When you begin to understand this, then what happens? Now you begin to grow in grace. So he said, I commend you, I commit you to God and to the word of his grace, not to the word of his judgments, not just to the word, but the word of his grace, which is able to what? Build you up. Meaning if you don't become conscious of the grace of God, you cannot be built up as a Christian. So you always be a baby. You always be a baby. You always lack a certain level of boldness. The more you grow in grace, the more you grow in your possessions. You will look at that. He said the word of his grace, which will give you an inheritance. So more grace, more inheritance. More grace, more possession. Now, what is grace? Grace is a product of the right word of God, or the light of God's word, or the revelation of God's word. That, that leads us to my next point. Point number four. The main reason for all the problems God's children face is because they lack that knowledge, that revelation of God's word for them. Hosea chapter 4, verse number 6. Hosea 4, verse number 6. Who can tell me what is Hosea 4, 6? Huh? The love of God which says <laughs> For what? Lack of knowledge. Hallelujah. Amen and amen. You two are laughing. For you know somebody was saying, ah, yeah, yeah, that's the one. <laughs> it says, give us a scripture. For lack of knowledge, my people perish. My people perish. He didn't say the other people. He said, my people, the people of God, they perish. What is the account? What is the cause for lack of knowledge? Lord, writer, is, that is very serious, don't you think? It means that you can be a child of God and yet you perish. Give me the amplified version. Let's see whether we can get some better light over there. Hmm. So my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. They are destroyed for lack of knowledge. Can we get another version? Maybe NLT. NLT. My people are destroyed because they don't know me. Any other version? Well, let's explore as many versions as possible so that we, we want to see the mind of God. My people are destroyed. My people, God's own people are destroyed. Why? Because they lack knowledge. Therefore, therefore, what is the challenge of every child of God? It should be a knowledge challenge. A challenge for knowledge. 
No challenge for TikTok. No challenge for, for Instagram, for Facebook. It should be a word of God challenge. Anytime you follow a challenge on TikTok, you are making money for TikTok. You don't know. You think you are trending. No, they want you to trend. But the more you trend, the more they make money. The more you trend, the more what? They make money. Hey, they like you. Somebody commented, hey, it's excellent. Somebody commented, oh no, listen, you are just a pawn. You are just being used. Somebody is making money off you. You are making money. The telcos, you are making, MTN is making money. If right now, as we are speaking, we are on Facebook. MTN is making money. Vodafone is making money. What? Vodafone is making money. <laughs> Glory to Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. So, get to the word. Tell somebody beside you, get to the word. No, don't take it for a joke. Some of you are saying it casually, but this is life. This is life. Get to the word. Get to the word. Tell the person beside you, I will get to the word. No, tell the person. Let the person know that you you, you are telling the person, I will get to the word. Get to the word. For lack of knowledge, my people perish. Get to the word. And get to the right word. Don't go and get to a word where they say that, oh, you know, you know, no, 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 no. Get to the right word. The right word. The right breaking down of the word of God. This is the main problem. The problems, these are minor problems. These are not the main problem. Sin is not the main problem. Sin is not the main problem. But in some places and for many years, it has been preached as though sin is the major problem of the Christian. Ah, this man is God again. What is he talking about? I'm telling you the truth. The problem of sin was dealt with by Jesus Christ. That was why he came. So if sin still remains a problem, what you are saying is that Jesus died for nothing. Are we together? So sin is not a problem. It's a knowledge problem. The sin problem is actually a knowledge problem. The power of the devil, demonic operations, are not the main problem. It's still a knowledge problem. When you get to know, you run, you, you break free from the devil. Lack of faith. Oh, I don't have enough faith. That is not the main problem. The main problem is a knowledge problem. Every Christian has faith. Family background is not the main problem. My family, nobody is able to go. Nobody is able to stop. Sweetheart, stop it. It's a knowledge problem. It's not background. I can show you various. Look, David. Look at David. David. He was not a perfect guy, but look at how God used him. He had more knowledge in the word of God than most people. He had more knowledge in the word of God than most people. Look at his background. If you study the background of David, David came from a very, very poor family. And yet, look at his end. So, listen to me. Let those things go. Come to the real thing. Come to the real thing. Get knowledge. Get knowledge. Get knowledge. When you get knowledge, you grow in the grace of God. When you grow in the grace of God, you grow in faith. You grow in faith. Let me just end with this. So, if these things are not a problem, what is the main problem? I've already started telling you. No knowledge. When there's no knowledge, there's no faith. No knowledge resulting in no faith. No faith. Two, little knowledge resulting in what? Little faith. So, either you don't have any knowledge of your inheritance in Christ, or you have so little that the light you walk with is very little. Now, if somebody is walking with a torch, how fast can the person go compared with somebody who is walking with a floodlight? Which of them will go faster? Floodlight, because he can see better. But the one with a little torch will always just be watching where I'll put my feet next. Where my next step is. <laughs> but the one with the flat, flat lights has seen the end of the picture, knows exactly what to do, and runs towards it. You need more knowledge. The more knowledge you have, the more light you should shine your way. And then the final one, the final problem, the final problem is too much knowledge. And this knowledge is worldly knowledge. 
worldly knowledge. Worldly knowledge. Yesterday, I received a testimony and I was sharing with those who came on lunchtime. And uh, it was a lady who was in her final year, final semester in the University of Ghana, Ligon. And when she was in the final year, she was, she was on a second upper or second class upper. So uh, in most cases, the likelihood that, she, that that was what she was going to end school with was very high. In fact, anybody who has gone to University of Ghana knows that it takes a, long, a number of semesters to change your GPA. So during the 40 days fasting and prayer, uh, one of our brothers, Kweku, uh, sent her a message that, hey, we are starting a 40-day journey in my church, and send me your prayer request so that I'll pray on it. The lady said, oh, wow, when? I want to join. And then she sent her prayer request that, I want, I want to finish school with a, a first class. Look at it, you don't be testing the man of God. <laughs> you see, because she knows she's in second upper. And to move there, it must only be God. To move to first class, it must only be God. Then I want to gain admission into Makola to go and study as a lawyer. Now, when on the day of graduation, Kweku was the day before he was called by his mom. So the next day he went for the graduation and she had graduated the first class. Had graduated the first class. So she was number three on the list. Number three on the list. Hallelujah. Now, if you are so conscious of the systems of the University of Ghana, like on, and of how the GPA is calculated, it will be impossible for you to believe that you can move from a second class upper to a first class in such a short time. The problem that many of God's children are going through is they are too inundated with the knowledge of the world. Of what the world has to offer. Of then, and when I talk about knowledge of the world, I'm not necessarily talking about the bad knowledge. No, I'm talking about even scientific knowledge. Oh, somebody, I was watching a video once, and um, somebody, a, a woman who was also sick, and she went to pray. Uh, I don't know, I don't know whether it was prayer, but they said she was really a healer, and she did some things, uh, and then the. The, the, the other patient was in a crisis, stabilized all of a sudden, and the doctors were befuddled and were wondering, ah, what happened? We have just injected this person for two hours and we are not seeing any, any sign of the medicine having effect on the body. How come? One woman was so taken aback and she was like, ah, I know science. I know science. This is not science. How can it happen? You see, she was filled with too much knowledge of the world. When you are filled with too much knowledge of the world, the word will be of none effect. What you need to be filled with too much of is the word of God. When you are filled with the word of God, the possibilities of God, how could a hundred-year-old man and a ninety-year-old woman who were dry in their body become parents? It is only the word of God that can give you the, that possibility. Tonight, I submit to you, be filled with the knowledge of the word of God and you possess your possessions. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God forevermore. We hope that you've been blessed by this message. For more inquiries, visit our website, www.ebenezeropronipa.com or call 0546-363957. God bless you.